Amen. May my prayer now, O Lord, find favor before you. In your great love, O God, answer me with your saving truth. Thank you, Cantor Crystal. Uh, She's worked very hard putting this wonderful service together uh, for Rosh Hashanah. Welcome to Kol Dodi. We're so glad you're here for our Arab Rosh Hashanah, our evening Rosh Hashanah service. And uh, Father, we thank you. Avinu Malkeno, our Father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Avinu Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. We thank you for this time, Lord God. We speak to our hearts, O God. Thank you. This is so heartwarming for many, Lord, uh, as we we go through this service so many ways, and and for some very new, maybe, and educational in every way, God. May your spirit, your ruach, touch us, God, and speak to our to us and shape us more into your image. Shem Hamashiach, in the name of our Messiah. Amen. My wife is going. France is going to light the candles for the holiday. would please rise. It's traditional for those of you who have not done Rosh Hashanah before or Yom Teruah, if you know that name from the Bible, um, the day of of shouting, the day of blowing, and we're going to be blowing the shofar later, and um, this is such a beautiful time of really rehearsing it's really a rehearsal for the coronation of our king. Um, so there's going to be some responsive reading today. Um, a lot of this is actually straight out of um, the High Holiday Siddur. And you'll see there is much in the Jewish community that points to Yeshua already, even in the regular Siddur. So this is called the Hineni Prayer. And um, you'll see where it's your turn to read. Behold me of little merit. Trembling and afraid as I stand before you to plead for your people. O gracious God, the one enthroned on Israel's praises, Lord of compassion and love, accept my petition and that of my people. Let them not be put to shame because of me, nor I because of them. Together. Sinners though we are. God supreme, God of every age, God eternal, let my prayer find favor for the sake of the righteous, the loyal, the honest, and upright, and for the sake of your own glorious purpose on earth. 
for you are the one. Amen. Please be seated. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, right? The maker of heaven and earth.
you would please rise for the bar of food. Please face the east towards Jerusalem, or the Shema. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai with the children's melody. Ve'ahavta et Adonai Elohecha Bechol levavecha Uvechol nafshecha Uvechol meodecha Ve'hayu hadvarim ha'ele Asher anuchi Metzavacha hayom Alevavecha, Veshinantam Levanecha, Vedi Bartabam, Peshitecha Bevetecha, Uvelechtecha Baderech, Uveshochpecha of Pumecha, Ukshatam Leotayadecha. Amen. Thank you, David. Um, you can go ahead and be seated for a moment. If I could ask all the children to come forward, we are going to bless all the children. We're going to release you a little early today because there are so many fun activities for you guys to do today for the holiday. Uh, Jeff would come bless the kiddos. Wow, so many children, so blessed to have them. And if you'll join me by just stretching out your arms towards them, and join me, please. Yivarechacha Adonai ve'yishmarecha, Ya'er Adonai pana ve'lecha v'chanecha. Yisa Adonai pana ve'lecha ve'asem lecha shalom. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach, 
Sar HaShalom. Amen. Give them a hand. I just let you sit for a minute because you got to stand up again. <laughs> Please rise. We're, um, we're going to do the traditional responsive reading for the Avinu Malkinu. We could all read together. Our Father, our King, we have sinned before you. Our Father, our King, have compassion on Our Father, our King, let this year be a good year for us. Our Father, our King, in your mercy, accept our prayer. Our Father, our King, hear our voice. Our Father, our King, be gracious and answer us, for we are of little merit. Treat us generously and with kindness, and be our help. Truly, we've been given so much in Yeshua. Please be seated. This is a time to really, um, really reflect on what we just prayed, on the fact that without God's mercy, we would have no hope. And this is meant to be a season of hope, but it's not the death of sinners that the Lord desires, but that we should turn to him and repent and find life in him, in Yeshua, our Messiah. He is the God of life, and he's coming back to be the king of life. Amen? Amen. Yeah. 
Rabbi is going to come share from the Word. So I'm going to share from uh, Genesis 22 now, but we still have a lot more exciting aspects of the service, including the shofar and, and some amazing worship, uh, contemporary worship songs. So uh, Shana Tova to everyone and Happy uh, New Year. We're entering the year 5783, and my message is on the significance of 57, no, it's not, on 5783 on the Jewish calendar. I'll let some speculate on, those, on the numbers. <clears throat> but, um, Father, we just pray you open our ears and our eyes to behold wonderful things and to, to contemplate your word and to hear your voice, Lord, through your word. B'Shem Yeshua, Lord. Gal enayva avita niflaot me Techa, Lord. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful uh, things, extraordinary, not naturally understood things from your Torah, from your word, from your scriptures. We pray this. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. We will shortly hear the shofar sound in our service. <clears throat> and uh, how, how many... No, how many blasts of the shofar are sounded on Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah, uh, Rosh Hashanah on in a traditional synagogue? Multiple choice. Three, 30, 60 blasts, or 100 blasts? How many? Very good, very good. 100 blasts. Knowledgeable people. All right, 100 blasts of the shofar. So will Yeshua return in the month of Tishri, which is the month on the, uh, you know, on the calendar, the Hebrew calendar that we're entering now, uh, will he return in this season of the fall uh, Moedim, the fall festivals? <clears throat> the uh, great shofar will sound, and the Sefer HaChaim, the Book of Life, will be opened for Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment. At some point, it's going to happen. And the question is, am I ready to stand before God and to be judged, really? Before him, the scripture says in the book of the Apocalypse, whose eyes are as a flame of fire. Before him who knows everything, for who no creature is hidden from him, uh, but all things, the book of Hebrews says, Hebrews 4.13, all things are naked and exposed or laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do, before whom we must give account. Am I, am I ready for that day to stand before God, the living God that day? <clears throat> the shofar, the ram's horn, uh, calls our attention, uh, whether to judgment or to liberation. Kind of for, could be the sound of fear or the sound of cheer, depending on the way, on, on what's, what the, the situation is. Uh, it can be the sound of alarm and preparation for war in the scriptures, or the sound of celebration and praise, uh, and great, great praise and celebration. Now, I believe that the greatest message of the shofar is that God has all power, and he is totally in control, and that he and Yeshua, Father and Son, both God, by the way, no question about that in, in my mind, in our minds here at Kol Dodi, will reign one day very soon, over this planet forevermore, period. Revelation 11, verses 15 through 17, pieces of this, the seventh angel blew the shofar, the, the trumpet, the biblical trumpet, the shofar, the ram's horn, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, this is great, 
The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, his anointed one, his Mashiach, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders fell on their faces, saying, We thank you, O Adonai Elohei Tzavaot, Lord God of the armies. That's what Adonai Tzavaot, the Lord of the armies, the armies of heaven, who is and what, who was because you have taken your great power and begun to reign. God has all power. One day, he's coming back. He's going to reign. He's going to set up his kingdom, and that's it. No more, no more war against him. It'll be final. He'll set up his, his kingdom once and for all. Now, the Talmud tells us that when we blow a ram's horn, it's as if we are reenacting Abraham's amazing act of devotion in what is biblical, what the rabbis call, or what has come to be called, the Akedah, the Akedah, the Akedah from Genesis 22, meaning the binding, which is this dramatic story we're about to relive once again for a few minutes tonight, right now. And this story is in Genesis chapter 22. This story, uh, having taken place around 4,000 years ago, is also written about in the New Covenant, the Brit Hadashah, by two different Jewish authors. Who, who wrote about it in the New Covenant? Where, do you, where, does it take, where is it written in the New Covenant? Does anyone know? James, or Jacob, Yaakov, and what other letter in the Bible, in the New Testament? Book of Hebrews. Very good. Book of Hebrews. Okay, so James, or Jacob, and Hebrews both mention this story. The rabbis refer to it as the 10th and climactic test for Abraham. <clears throat> Just this is what they say. Whether or not that's accurate, that's for us to research and come out to our own conclusions as we, as we study the Bible. So as we look at Genesis 22, verse 1, it says this. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. I love looking at this story this time of year. Uh, of course, the first instance of where we see the shofar, really, the ram's horn in the Bible. Um, and so after these things, it was that God tests Abraham. He said to Abraham, he said, he said to him, Abraham, he calls him by name. And how did Abraham respond? Hineni, very good. A word, one word in Hebrew, three in English. Here I am, here am I, you know, yes, sir, at your service, I'm available, I'm, I'm ready to you, I'm listening, um, basically, hineni, here, here am I, literally, uh, hineni. God tested Abraham, it says. So what is a test? Nasa, the Hebrew word, means to challenge, to prove the quality of, to strengthen by exercise. It means to certify, not to injure. This is important. It's not to see if if something is sound or genuine, but to show that it is. You know, if you're taking a test, hopefully that test is not for you to fail. If you're in school, I'm talking about if you're in school and you take, hopefully it's not, your, you know, the teacher, your teachers don't want you to fail. Uh, you know, your teachers want you, want to show that you have learned the knowledge that you're, they're teaching you so that you can pass and hopefully do very well. Well, that, this is the idea of this word in Hebrew, is to show that, you, you are going to pass, that you meet the challenge, prove the quality, and, uh, and you are good to go. So the word ness, miracle, 
comes from this root. Let's say Ness. Ness, right? Remember, where do you hear that word? Think what holiday? Hanukkah, right? Ness Gadol Hayasham, right? The four letters on the dreidel that mean a great miracle, the four letters that stand for Ness, a great miracle happened there or here, depending if you're in the diaspora or in Israel. Now, to be tested by God is to experience his miraculous hand and to pass the test, all right? This is what it means for us to be tested by God, and in this case, for a- this, what we're reading about for Abraham. Abraham was tested by God in order to show to the seen and to the unseen universe his incredible character. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 9. Do you know this verse? This is an amazing verse. For it seems to me, Paul, the Apostle Paul says, that God has put us, in this case, the apostles, he says, the emissaries, the apostles, on display last of all, like men sentenced to death. For we have become a theatron, the Greek word is, a spectacle, I think the King James uses. A, A theatron is the Greek word where we get our word, theater from. We're a spectacle, a theatron, a theater to the world, both to angels and to people. Remember the story of Job and God says, uh, have you considered my servant Job to, to the adversary, to Satan? We are a spectacle. Paul goes, continues, he says, we are fools for Messiah's sake. We're on display and God tests us and gives us, and gives a, us as a uh, an example to the visible and invisible universe. Jacob, or James 1.12, blessed is the one who endures testing because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord promised to those who love him. I think that verse really encapsulates this story and what Abraham, what happened with Abraham. The crown of life he's going to receive because he loves the Lord. Now, the Lord says in verse 2, take your only son. He said to him, take now your, own, your son, your only son, Yitzhak, Yitzhak, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. My sorrowful Lord is one, I remember one messianic, an older messianic rabbi, uh, a, a book I have that's out of print, and it says, Moriah, my sorrowful Lord. I never had seen that idea before he got from that and he says what a picture of messiah where our messiah would be would uh, give his life and he says and offer him there as a burnt offering an olah a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which i shall tell you i'm not going to tell you yet you've got to go and it's going to be revealed as you obey step by step one step at a time one step at a time and the next step, and as, God, as God leads us, that's the way oftentimes he leads us. It doesn't, he doesn't reveal the whole thing at once, does he? If, if he did, we probably wouldn't, we'd back out. We probably wouldn't want to go forward. He stepped one step at a time, and we just obey the next step. To the land of Moriah, he says, so take please, in the Hebrew it is, your only son, what you love the most, take please, kachna, a request that's not a command. He's asking, he says, uh, to the land of Moriah, um, my bitter Lord, again, my sorrow, on one of the mountains, which I'll tell you, and he says, on the third day, it says in verse 4, the third day, <clears throat> Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. From Beersheba to the Temple Mount, it was over 60 miles, uh, 
23 hours walk according to Google Maps. So he used Google Maps to get, no, to get there. I don't know if you realize that. Three-day journey, all right? Abraham was God's friend. Genesis, uh, Isaiah 41, verse 8, uh, and James 2.23 quotes it. He was Avraham. God says, Avraham, and it's not Haver there for friend, but actually Ahav, Ohavi, Abraham, who loves me. Abraham, my love. Abraham, who loves me. Because he's, but he's the friend of God, the one who loves God. Because God, why does God call him that? Because God could trust him to do what he asked him to do, even though he didn't understand why. I think that's beautiful, don't you? Yeshua said in John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, Proverbs 3, 5 says. My thoughts are not your thoughts, the Lord says, and nor are my ways your ways, Isaiah 55, verse 8. God is the divine disruptor of my plans. Uh, this is one of his names in Hebrew, divine disruptor. The Hebrew, No, not really. It's not. But he is the divine disruptor. Isaiah 40, verse 13 and 14 says, Who can fathom the Ruach Adonai, the spirit of the Lord, or instruct him as his counselor? With whom did he consult? And who instructed him? Who taught him in the path of justice or taught him knowledge? Who informed him about the way of understanding? In verses 6 and 8, it says the two of them went together. It's a beautiful, it says in the Hebrew, yachdav, yachdav. They went together in complete harmony. In, in type, it's both, it's a beautiful, I think, picture of father and son, God the father, God the son, united in the plan to slay the son for our sins, like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep before its shearers is silent. Isaiah 53, verse 7 says, Isaac doesn't, doesn't rebel, he doesn't run, he, can, he just goes willingly. And again, if you want to take the time, maybe tonight before you go to sleep, read through the whole story, the whole chapter, and look at how they go. Look at the quietness. Look at the silence. Imagine traveling three days, and there's very little conversation. I'm sure a lot of prayer, but, you know, God gives a promise. And then he asks me to sacrifice that promise to... Uh, or the very means to its fulfillment, the fulfillment of that promise. And I can respond one of two ways, perhaps. I might respond, say, but you told me that this was, you were going to do this, Lord. Why should I be doing, have to do this? And how will, you, how will you, what you've promised me come to pass if I do what you're asking me to do? It doesn't make sense. Or I might decide to trust him and to progress in this faith test and receive the crown of life. Now, I don't think it would have been wrong for Abraham to challenge God. He certainly did in many other cases. And, and I love, I know we all love his intercession over for Sodom and God loved it. And, and uh, he got down to 10. And maybe if he'd gone further, who knows what would have happened if he didn't stop, you know, it says he went his way. The Lord, the Lord went his way. I, but in this case, Abraham is willing, is just trusting. We just see his Trusting in the Lord. For, and first, Abraham, what's amazing is first, Abraham didn't believe that God would really make him sacrifice his son. And why would I say that? Because 
he says in verse 5, we will come back to you. When he's telling, talking to the two men, helping him. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the young man and I, the Na'ar, which can be a, a wide range of ages, by the way, uh, the, the Na'ar, the young man, and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So I don't think he, at this point, believed God was going to make him sacrifice. He says, God's t- telling me to do this, but I don't think God is going to really make me do this. But then he believed later that God would actually resurrect him from the dead. And we know that because he raised his hand with the knife in verse 10. It says, Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But we know in Hebrews eleven seventeen it mentions that he believed God was able to resurrect him from the dead. And so he believed God was going to rescue his son one way or another. And it seems to be an amazing evidence of trust in the character and the wisdom and the power of God. And so he is called, no wonder, the father of our faith. So in verse 11, he says, God calls to him. The angel of the Lord called him from heaven and says, Avraham, Avraham. And he says again, Hineni, Hineni, here am I. Jacob, Jacob, Genesis 46.2. Moses, Moses, Exodus 3.4. Shmuel, Shmuel, Samuel, Samuel, 1 Samuel 3.10. Martha, Martha, Luke 10.41. Simon, Simon, Yeshua said to Simon in Luke 22 and 31. And then Saul, Saul. These are all the ones I can come up with. Twice where God calls someone's name. A very great significance when God says, calls the name twice. You know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things, you know. It's one thing, one thing's important. Miriam's chosen that good thing, you know. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you like we. It says down in verse 13, we see when he comes to the place where he offers him up, it says he offered him up as an le'olah, as a burnt offering instead of his son. He said, Abraham lifted his eyes, looked where behind him, the ram, not, not his son, the ram was caught in the thicket by its horns. Here's the appearance of the shofar. The, so Abraham went, took the ram, offered up as a burnt offering in the place of, instead of, tachat beno, in the place of his son, literally, tachat beno, in the place of his son. A beautiful picture of this future substitutionary atonement of the Messiah. But there's nothing more important for you to get a hold of than the substitutionary atonement of our Messiah. The, our Messiah suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring us to God in 1 Peter 3.18. He suffered instead of us, instead of us, one sacrifice forever in place of us. And there's no other way, no other way we can find forgiveness with God uh, but through his atonement, through his atonement. Uh, what, a, what a picture here there is of in, in this story. So Abraham names the place uh, Behar Adonai Yireh. Behar Adonai Yireh. The mountain that God sees, verse 14. Though man cannot see or understand God's ways, God sees and 
will see to it. Yireh, he is, is imperfect tense in the Hebrew. He will see it. In other words, it's future, really in a sense, the future. He will see to it. He will see Adonai, and he says, so he says, Adonai Yireh, Adonai Yireh. The Lord will see to it. And this was the nest, the miracle. God saw to it. He saw for himself the lamb in verse 8, a ram caught by its horns in the bushes, which became the olah, the burnt offering in verse 13. Abraham trusted and he passed the test. And he became the father of both the Jewish people and of all of our faith, of us through faith, all of us who believe. Millions of Jews through Isaac and eventually also millions of non-Jews through the Messiah Yeshua, all because of his trust in the Lord. Now, the adversary says, God doesn't see. He says to you and to me, God doesn't see. God doesn't understand. But he does. He does see and he will see. Adonai Yireh. Let's say Adonai Yireh. Adonai Yireh. That's our confession. He will see. And he will see that we make it through. He will see that we make it through. And I love this quote by Pastor Richard Wormbrandt, Jewish, who was Jewish pastor and suffered 14 years in communist prisons of Romania for his faith. He said this. He said, don't despair when the stars set. It is a sign that the sun will soon rise. Don't despair when devastating winds blow. Storms pass over the garden of Messiah only to spread its perfume. In times of suffering, it's best just to keep quiet. When your heavenly Father decides to sacrifice you, your joy, your health, your liberty, your position for some mysterious purpose of his, be like Jephthah's daughter in Judges 11.36, even if you do not understand his purposes. Remain quiet during the time of deepest suffering when a loved one dies. Yeshua, Jesus, said to his disciples on the last Passover, it is expedient for you that I go away. John 16, 7. These words might be said about everyone who dies. God loves you. Why would he allow you to lose someone precious if it were not for, the, for your good and theirs? Those who live in the invisible world of the spirit view the death of a friend as a release, not as a separation. Those who die pass from shadows and images to truth. Even those in hell finally know the truth. Face everything quietly. When the stars set, the sun rises. Abraham would pass the test. And God would say, now I know that you trust me, Abraham. Now I know. He would return to Beersheba. It says in the last uh, verse 19, Abraham returned to his young men. And they rose and went together to Beersheba. You know, it's interesting. There's no mention of Isaac returning. Well, we know he didn't die. What happened to him? Maybe a, a beautiful picture, maybe of, of our Messiah's death, burial, and resurrection and ascension. I don't know. 
But God is faithful. And uh, every test he puts you through or me through, he is faithful uh, to bring you through, to reveal your trust in him, your love for him to invisible and visible universe. So, our God, we thank you for this beautiful story of the Akeda in Genesis 22 on this Arab Rosh Hashanah. And we thank you for our, the sacrifice of Yeshua, our Messiah, in place of us, like that ram in the thicket, caught in the thicket by its horns. Thank you, Lord, that you, that Messiah willingly gave his life so we could have eternal life and the forgiveness of our sins. And if you've never, if you've never prayed a prayer trusting him, I urge you, I plead with you, do it. Call upon the name of the Lord and trust Yeshua. You won't regret it. It'll be the best decision you ever made. You'll have the best Rosh Hashanah and the best New Year and the best future because you'll have eternal life and be with God forever and ever and those that love him. Lashana Tova Tikatevu. Let's say it to each say Lashana Tova Tikatevu. That's may you be inscribed for a good year and say to each other, Adonai, Yire. The Lord will see to it. Amen. If you would please rise for the shofar service. There's this beautiful tradition in the synagogue, and for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm Crystal Buckhalter, and I grew up in this synagogue. And um, in fact, I'll be singing at the synagogue down the street tomorrow morning. Um, this is my favorite part of Rosh Hashanah. And really, traditionally, it, it doesn't happen Rosh Hashanah in the evening. It happens in the morning. So um, our blowing of the shofar is going to be slightly abbreviated. It's going to be the last portion of the blowing. As Rabbi said, there's traditionally 100 blasts. We're going to do the last 30 today. But this is my favorite part. And particularly since I've come to know Yeshua as the Messiah, because there's three portions, there's three sets um, of this reading. And what I am going to read with you now is literally straight out of the High Holiday Siddur, straight out of the High Holiday Prayer Book, you know, that they're going to be reading down the street tomorrow morning. And to me, it doesn't say the name Yeshua in there, but he's all over it. He's all over it because he has preserved his people for his return. He has preserved his people for salvation. I'm standing here because of it. There are many Jewish people standing here because of it, because he's preserved us through Shabbat, through Yom Truah, through Yom Kippur, through Pesach, Passover. And in his good and perfect timing, he has opened our eyes to the truth of every single one of those feasts. So I hope as we read that you find the richness and the truth in this that I have found, not just as a child, but especially since coming to know Yeshua as the true Messiah, as the king who will be coronated on this planet in Jerusalem, hopefully soon, come Yeshua. In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, where we are now, there shall be a sacred assembly, a cessation from work, a day of commemoration proclaimed by the sounding of the shofar. 
together. Let all who dwell on earth acknowledge that unto you every knee must bend and every tongue swear loyalty before you, Lord our God. Let them humble themselves. To your glorious name, let them give honor. Let all accept the yoke of your kingdom, that you may rule over them soon and forever. The Torah proclaims, the Lord your God is with you. Shout a claim to your king together. The psalmist affirms, Our God and God of our ancestors, may you rule in glory over all the earth and let your grandeur be acclaimed throughout the world. Reveal the splendor of your majesty to all who dwell on earth, that all your works may know you as their maker and all the living acknowledge you as their creator. Then all who breathe shall say, the Lord God of Israel is the king whose dominion extends to all creation. Blessed is the Lord, king of all the earth, who sanctifies the house of Israel and the day of remembrance. You remember the work of creation. You are mindful of all you have made. You unravel every mystery. All secret things are known to you, for there is no forgetfulness in your presence, nothing hidden from your sight. You remember every deed, you know every doer. All things past and present are known to you, eternal God, and every person's acts are remembered and judged. On this day, Our God and God of all generations, remember us with favor and grant us your compassionate deliverance. Remember your love for us, the covenant you made with Abraham on Mount Moriah. Remember his boundless love for you, his willingness to offer you all that was his. Show us your compassion and in your goodness, look with favor upon your people Israel and all your loved ones. We have moved through the first two sections of the shofar service. The first 
was the malchuyot, it's the kingship of our God. The second is zichronot, it's remembrance of what the Lord has done, as we heard from Rabbi with Abraham as well, and we're going to hear about Sinai as well, but the very last portion is the shofarot, which is all about God revealing himself and what is to come in the future. And as we know, he is going to reveal himself to all mankind. In a cloud of glory, you spoke in holy address to your people. We felt your presence, your voice resounding from the very heavens. As all creation trembles, you revealed your Torah to us at Sinai. We heard the majesty of your voice. The Torah proclaims, as the third day dawned at Sinai, there was thunder and lightning, a dense cloud over the mountain, and a loud blast of the shofar. The people trembled. The prophet declares, all who you dwell in, on earth, who inhabit the world, when the banner is raised, take note. And when the shofar is sounded, take heed. Our God and God of all generations, sound the great shofar to proclaim our freedom. Raise a banner for the redemption of the oppressed. Signal liberty for all who are in exile, and technically that still includes us. Bring your lasting joy to Zion and to Jerusalem, your holy city. to sing the traditional blessings over the shofar. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who hallows us by his commandments and commands us in the hearing of the shofar. And blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us life, who has sustained us, and who has enabled us to reach the season, a season of joy. We look forward to your coming, our King, our King Yeshua. Amen. 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 <laughs> 
Tiki Agadola team will come forward. I just want to point out the really cool thing about the blowing of the shofar. It's, it's a little small here, so I don't know how well you can see it. But I wanted you to see what, what the shofar calls actually mean. So the tikiyah, that short one, is kind of a summons to the coronation. Shivarim, the da-da-da-da-da-da, it's a weeping sound. They're all supposed to sound like a form of weeping. So... <laughs> And it's weeping, but it can be weeping for both repentance and for joy. Because when we fully repent and we find cleansing in the Lord, we can weep for joy, right? And the truah, <laughs> that sound, it's an alarm. Take heed. Like, wake up. And then the tiki yagadola, I believe that points to the shofar blast we're going to hear when he comes back. And Edward, that was very pretty. But we were talking earlier, like, we don't think the shofar blast when he comes back is going to be pretty. It, it's going to be a, 
no one's going to be able to deny what is happening. It's going to be like earth shaking like at Mount Sinai. So the way I like to talk about the shofar blast, I like to tell it like a story. So it really reminds me, and I hope you'll hear this, it reminds me of the parable of the ten virgins, right, who had their lamps and some were not ready and some were ready. And it reminds me of um, the story of the wedding feast, right, where the king is making a wedding feast for his son and he sends out all these invitations and everybody's really excited and he's like, okay, get ready, we're going to have this wedding feast. And some people are kind of dawdling, some people show up late, some people aren't dressed right. And then the ones who show up, the ones who, like, doesn't matter who you are or where you came from, you were the ones that were let in because you, you took heed. You took the invitation and you showed up, right? So if you tell the shofar blast like a story, it would kind of go like this. Hey, come on, there's going to be a coronation. Now, really repent and take heed because there's, there's about to be a coronation. No, like seriously though, there's going to be a coronation. So like repent but also be like, enjoy, because you know what? There's going to be a coronation. <laughs> but seriously, though, come on, like, you're not getting excited enough. There's going to be a coronation. Ooh, oh, my gosh. Wake up already. Coronation starting. That's kind of what those shofar calls are trying to tell us. So, Lord, thank you that you have preserved your people through all of these things, through the reading of your word every week on Shabbat, through Passover, through Shavuot, through Yom Truah, through Yom, through Yom Kippur, and through your Shabbat especially, Lord. We thank you for the sound of the shofar in our hearts today that it would have done something in each and every one of us. And we continue to contend for the salvation of your people Israel as that is your heart. And we pray that as those shofars are blasted all the way down this street, all the way down into Bellevue tomorrow morning, that plowing in the spirit will have been done so that people will wake up and hear that the coronation is coming because you are coming soon. Bo Yeshua. Amen. Amen.
in the coming of the Messiah, the return of our Messiah. And though he tarry, I will wait for him daily. Amen? Amen.
Oh. 
take his place. Open up you ancient doors, fling wide you gates, and let the King of Glory come in and take his place. We want to see
Thank you, Lord, for being here with us right now. Bless every individual person in this room with exactly what they need on this, your holy day, Lord. You have given your feasts to Israel to carry, Lord, but they're not ours. They're yours. Thank you for giving to us. Thank you for dwelling with us. Thank you that every single word from you is yes and amen. Bo Yeshua. Amen. It is also traditional on the holidays to do special melodies for a lot of the traditional liturgy that we do every Shabbat so that we can make Yom Truah and um, Yom Kippur extra special. So there are melodies that a lot of the synagogues use every single year only on these days. So we're going to do a special Elenu today. Let us adore the ever-living God and render praise unto God who spread out the heavens and established the earth whose glory Tadonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Pri HaGafen Amen
uh, we praise you, Adonai, eternal God, sovereign of the universe, creator of the fruit of the... Oh, that's yeah, fruit of the vine. Um, and this is the blessing over apples and honey. Um, <clears throat> we praise you, eternal God, sovereign, eternal, sovereign of the universe, creator of the fruit of the tree. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Borei Amen. Yehi ratzon milpanecha, Adonai Eloheinu, Elohe avoteinu. Veimotenu Shechadesh Aleinu Shana Tova Umtukha Amen. May it together, may it be your will, eternal our God that this be a good and sweet year for us. Amen. Shem Yeshua. So, Father, we just thank you. Bless your people, Lord God. Thank you for this great service tonight that uh, Crystal and, uh, has put together and others have worked with her. And we thank you, Lord God. We bless your people now. As this we a sweet new year, Lord, we look forward to, Lord, by your grace. You are faithful, Lord. And we say, Adonai Lord, you will see us through. You will take us and carry us, Lord, and, and do great things, Lord. Do great things. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmorecha Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha shalom V'shem Yeshua HaMashiach Sar Shalom. Amen. You know what it says? Amen. Shana Tova.